0: Hello and thank you for listening to episode 323 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is another of our interview shows and in this one I chat with Pollyanna McIntosh about her short film Getting Away From It All which she wrote and directed and is part of the film December which is showing at this year's Grimfest Christmas Horror Nights. This episode has been released on Saturday December the 12th and December is being shown this evening. So if you're listening to this in time and you haven't already got a ticket then the link will be in the podcast notes of how you can get a ticket, sit back this evening and watch and enjoy December. And so before you do that, you can sit back, relax and enjoy listening to me and Pollyanna having a chat. Pollyanna, thank you for giving me some of your time today. How are you? Thank
1: you for having me. I'm very well. This is lovely. It's lovely to talk about this film.
0: Oh yeah, and as we sit here, it's December the 11th. Another Grimfest festival begins today. Their two-day uh, Christmas horror nights. You're you're becoming quite a, a part of Grimfest, aren't you? This is like your third appearance in 12 months now.
1: Gosh, is that what the, the statistic is? It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I met um, Sim and Rachel, who created and run Grimfest some years ago through a friend I think put us in touch and um, Simeon Halligan wanted me to play a role in his film White Settlers, which was known as the Bloodlands in the States. And since then, you know, I've not only made a movie with him and Rachel producing, um, but have done a lot of the a lot of the festivals with other films that I've been in, so it's mm-hmm. been great
0: fun. Yeah, it was really good. I was there. I mean, this is the fifth year that I've covered Grimfest now and it was great because last year you were there with, with Darling. Which is Yeah, a- and
1: then of course I was gonna say I did um I did Darlin there, which is a film I wrote and directed. So that was a joy.
0: That was your first time as director too, wasn't it?
1: It was my first time publicly as director, oh. yeah. Um course, that sounds pretentious publicly. <laughs> uh, but I did make a, a thirty-five minute shorts, um, some years before I made Darlin. And that was more of a proof of concept for the full feature. Yeah. Um but I haven't released it yet because it was it was a sort of tester, you know. And I want to finish the
0: ah, the feature. Okay. I yeah, l- I loved yeah, Darling when I wrote feature. the review. I thought I, I really loved it. I'd never seen as well when I watched Darling. I'd never seen Offspring or The Woman. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so I I've, I've gone into got it? yeah I've gone into in, in reverse because of course then Arrow released the great Blu-ray double uh, disc set of Offspring and The Woman, which we bought yeah. and watched. I mean that's a fantastic release, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and they did it on VHS as well. Oh, that's so good. I love Arrow. Yeah. I think they do wonderful stuff.
0: Well, I came back, and when I come back from, well, any film festival, Tina always says to me, oh, what was it like? What were the good films? So I was saying about Darling. I said, oh, it's a great film. It's called Darling. And said, you know, that that you wrote and directed it. And I said, but it's the third one. I haven't seen them. So, of course, then Arrow released the Blu-rays, and we watched them. And I've got to tell you this. Tina has become a little bit obsessed with you in those films and the character of the woman to the point where she cannot say the word baby. Well, she can say the word baby, but <laughs> she, she can't pronounce it as baby. She has to say baby. <laughs> Whenever, I, without a word of Polly, and Pollyanna, she, she has to say baby like that. And she, she, loves, she loves you so much and she just becomes so obsessed with the character of the woman and your performance in it. So when I said oh, that I was thanks. recording this with you, she sends you all of her love, and, and oh, I
1: send mine to her too. That's so lovely.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what it's
1: all about, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> are, there any, are there any plans going forward to to revisit that, you know this character in, in different ways that you could do it, or because it's it's got such a big fan base? These three films.
1: Yeah, I think you know it's so funny because when when I first got involved with this character, it was, it was Andrew Vandenhouten sending me the book by Ketchum of offspring. And I just couldn't put it down, you know, and I could only hope that what he was saying was, do you want to play the woman in this film, <laughs> in the film version of this novel, you know, because she's just so grounded and she really comes alive on the page. And I'm so grateful to hear from people that she comes alive on the screen. Yeah, definitely. I know she does for me. I mean, I, you know, obviously, I played her, but I just love her for herself too. You know, I, I love I love the woman, and I was really honoured to be asked to direct a sequel, and then to be allowed to write it. When I said, "Can I write it?" If Ketchum's not going to write it, lucky it's not going to write it. Can I write it? Um, so yeah, I think I think for for Andrew, who's you know produced all three and been and of course directed Offspring, I, I think. There's a possibility that it might move forward, but it was only last year that you know Darlin was released, yeah. and yeah. it took, I think it was ten years before I heard, okay, we're going to do the sequel, mm-hmm. um, or the, the trequel, as it would be yeah. the third, yeah. <laughs> third installment <laughs> um, of this world. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe in ten years' time, you know, I'll, I'll hear, I'll hear something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be good. We'll That's- see. I think we were joking that Lauren Canney, who played Darla, and should direct the next one because she's such a she's such a brilliant woman. She's such mm. a brilliant mind and she's so great as that character. Oh, and, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I want to do another project with her. I have a project that I'm writing at the moment that I want her to play in, uh, which is another fearsome and ferocious woman lead role. And. Um, yeah. I shouldn't mm. say too much about oh, that. But. I'm intrigued. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. There's a few them. things in the works at the moment. Actually, yeah. I'm I'm writing with a a, a northern writer director at the moment. I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything about that either, but um, <laughs> I will. His name is James Campbell, and he sent me a script for a film called um, The Moonshine Gang of Cheyenne. Yeah, a good while ago, and that's been in the works for a while you know this pandemic obviously has slop- stopped and slowed down a lot of things yeah um but he's had this great idea and we've been we've been collaborating together and um so that's fun mm. i've got three projects that i'm writing on the go and then and then two of those i would direct so i've got the bug for sure
0: definitely has the pandemic then meant that you've Obviously, been allowed more time to to write rather than being in front of the camera. Is that one one positive that's come out of this crazy year that we've had?
1: I'd say there were a lot of positives um, as far as my understanding of what I want and how I want to move forward in my career. Um, I've definitely had a lot of ideas, um, but sitting down and dis, you know writing in a disciplined way has not been consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel now it's just breaking and where I can do it. Uh, but my focus has been has been tricky during this time. Yeah. But, you know, I've made some discoveries, like, for instance, that I'm ADHD, which I didn't know. Oh, OK. So that's been really useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i actually think it At 41 would. to find that out. was pretty. Really, uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting process to process. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, moving forward with your writing and directing, this goes into, of course, into Getting away from it all, which is your segment in December. How did how did you get involved with December in the first place? How did it all come around? It was
1: just in such a delightful way. I was just coming off of um, you know, having handed in the the edit on Darling, and um, that was you know, it's it's a long process uh, that business. So um, so when I got asked by Dominic and Ivo, who produced it, and they're this great German team, they've got a great uh humanist vibe, and they're sort of old—not old, but you know—they're they're, they were punk rockers. And mm-hmm. I, I don't remember how they found me. They maybe found me through Lucky. I think they found me through Lucky because Lucky McKee was already involved. He was going to make a piece, and I think it was him that put us in touch. And they said, "Would you like this little budget to go off and you know write and direct?" A two to five minute short horror based on Christmas, anything you like. Mm-hmm. If we're happy with the concept, we'll leave you alone with it.
0: Yeah,
1: and I edited it myself as well, and it was just such a lovely, not salve because I wouldn't say that making darling was a total wound or anything, <laughs> but you know, it was a nice after dinner mint. Yeah, <laughs> of an <laughs> yeah. idea where it was very much um, left to my own devices, which I really appreciated. So I jumped at the chance um, and and got going.
0: Yeah. Was the idea, and of course, I don't want to give any spoilers away for people that haven't watched it. You no, know, it's tricky, isn't it? It is, yeah. I will say, it as may be very wary of people who give me socks for Christmas from now on. That's all I'm going to say about that.
1: <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> that was one of my my big hopes. Oh, was yeah. that when... Opened all their sock gifts at Christmas. That they would go. Ooh, they'd remember. <laughs> they might have a little giggle to
0: themselves. Oh, I from now on, I am um, every time I open the socks. I can guarantee you, I will be thinking of this definitely. Was it? Was it the first idea that came to mind? What was your thought process as you were putting stuff down of, of what story to do? Yeah, you know, I was
1: trying to think about. I was trying to remember how the process went because I remember it being a really enjoyable one. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the first thing that came to mind was somebody who was really against the commercialism of Christmas and just didn't want to have anything to do with it because that's conflict immediately with the theme you know yeah yeah and uh and also I would have been influenced living in America by you know this <laughs> the propaganda machine of the mm-hmm. Trump's criminal government <laughs> um <laughs> The um, Trump crime family, as he uh, like to lovingly <laughs> call them, um, and this idea that was was grabbed onto about you know the war on Christmas, just any way to kind of make black and white out of issues rather than nuance and the grey tones and understanding and you know yeah, he's very much one for making villains, um, and uh, and so. That was, in, that was in my mind. But I think the way that the story process went was somebody who's really against Christmas, okay, well, then they'd be on their own. They wouldn't want to be involved with, okay, great. Well, then that's already horror. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're somewhere on their own. And then I was thinking about, I was already thinking about somebody coming, some gift being delivered outside the door. mm mm-hmm some weirdness you know yeah. that they were supposed to be alone in this place and then somebody randomly gave them a gift like forced christmas onto their doorstep you know <laughs> and it developed from there uh, and again i don't want to give too much away but yeah. you know essentially he's trying to escape christmas and christmas comes to get him
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. it most definitely does there's a great practical effect in it and I, I love practical effects and from my me experience too. of working with practical effects, normally it's like the, the more gory they are the more fun they are to, to be a part of and me and Te- and both me and Tina were watching this and when it happened we both, I mean it had the desired effect because we both winced quite audibly, we went, I'm so glad <laughs> we both did it at the same time, what was it she like filming my sister trying to watch it, oh, oh really, my. oh my god <laughs> So, I mean that must have been so so much fun to film. As, as strange as that may sound to some people, um, yeah for what you see on screen. But i've got it's not real, obviously. And like yeah. I said from my experience, they're normally a lot of fun to film. So and it's a Absolutely. it's a bloody good effect as well. I've got to say that. It's really, really good.
1: Yeah, that's um 1313 FX, and they are made up of Christopher Ardondo, Robert Kern, and Danielle Munnitz, and I had worked with Chris, um, Christopher Arredondo, on Darlin. He had been part of the art department. And sometimes he would just create amazing things from nothing, which Mm -hmm. is, of course, independent filmmaking at its best. Um, For instance, there's a a Jesus statue in the church on the cross, which you see towards the end of Darlin. And it's utterly convincing. Mm -hmm. And he basically gotten a dummy and created the face of Jesus with his makeup work, wow. you know, with, with um, latex and whatnot, and created this face and put the blood on and everything because we had a non-Catholic church and it needed to be a Catholic church. And so we needed a Jesus up on that huge cross that was in there and he made it happen. Yeah. And so I discovered that he actually was really into makeup effects. And I bumped into him at uh, Monsterpalooza in L.A. when I was there doing doing signings from being in walking dead and you know we have the woman fans and all sorts come as well but um and i literally bumped into him and went oh my god it's so good to see you and he was there um with his makeup situation and so we spoke about that and i said hey you know you do you want to come and work on this short i've got coming up um so he brought his team and we had so much fun and and like, like you say it's funny to me because I was trying to explain this to my sister as well, who's not a horror fan. Uh, she was saying, How, what do you mean it's a release when there's blood and gore? Mm-hmm. That's awful. You can't enjoy it. And I, I figured out the best way to explain it was that there is one of the reasons that horror is so loved by what you might consider, quote unquote, an outsider community, mm-hmm. is that it's really anti-hypocrisy. Yeah, And it really keys into what, the truth of things which is that we are made of blood and guts and bones and we are animals and we Mm -hmm. are fallible and we will die and we do when we you prick us yes we do bleed you know yeah and I feel that um I'm not a fan of suffering horror or you know extended suffering stuff I really actually can't watch a lot of horror to be honest Mm. but um but in this case when I when my face lit up with delight at the moment (laughs) of that and I laughed at her reaction she was just like what are you doing? You know, what do you mean? <laughs> how is this funny? Saying because it 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 pricks the bubble of bullshit, and yeah. it says, you know, it faces what we are head on, and we can laugh at it, and
0: that makes us feel stronger. Yeah, does that make sense? It it most certainly does. It really does. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. It, I mean, I mean, going from that big effect as well. In it. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. I love looking at just the, the tiny little things in the background in films too. And another yeah. thing that we both noticed, and I've I, this, this is asking you on Tina's behalf. She said we've got to find out on the Christmas tree. She was really taken by the little. They looked like oh, they were the go the,
1: Tina. The, yeah, the, the, little,
0: the little mice. The little mice. She said, "Yeah, where can we get them from?" She said, "I want them on the Christmas tree." <laughs> As Pollyanna, they were where in earth?
1: I believe, uh, Crate and Barrel, which is an American interiors company, oh, okay. and they always do. The cutest things at Christmas. Ah,
0: there we go. So crate and barrel, C R A T E. That's good. Everybody listening. So when you see, when you see, <laughs> getting away from it all now, and you see those little mice, we all know where to get them from now. Little
1: snowball throwing mice. Yeah, yeah. They represented the two. Uh, I don't think it's too much to give away the two girls of the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, little foreshadowing to them yeah. and you know they're just hanging there sort of uh invitingly over the gift yeah. come and get it we gave, <laughs> we we you <bought> your present <laughs> <laughs> um i'm just sorry going back to the special effects it's yeah, quite sure. fun to note that um having obviously acted in so many horror films at this point and seen so many effects what works and what doesn't what what holds up time what what can ruin the possibility of a second take you know, all of that stuff, because it's, it's a fascination to me. Um, I knew that pigskin worked really well as yeah. a realistic human flesh. Yeah. So I went to the Korean markets in L.A. before we went up to Arrow Bear where we filmed it, uh-huh. and got some pig's feet. Oh. And and the uh, the lads from 1313FX, I gave them some... I gave them a fake beard from my Halloween box which is you know real hair yeah and I thought looked quite like leg hair and I said can you stick or sew this into the pig skin and they were all about it and they went off and you know emptied the middle of the of the pig's trotter and filled it with meat and more blood and and you know they had them well you, you can obviously imagine they had a long tube with the blood and it yeah, was yeah, spray and yeah. it was a it was a one-time thing because I knew that if that blood got on the bedspread on the on the other actors that even even you know one go the 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 staining is so strong on the skin that it's very hard to redo yeah and you you know you obviously can and clean clean with shaving foam and get a lot more makeup back on people but um it was great it worked fantastically on the first go so
0: we were thrilled to bits. oh that must have been such a relief (laughs) and again because it does it just does look so so good yay (laughs) what what is it now that gets you the most excited about the whole filmmaking process is it being in front of the camera behind it writing directing acting what you know if if you had a preference if somebody said you can only do one now which which one which, which one would you you know, at if they, if they were really
1: holding me down, saying yeah. you can only do one. Yeah. It would have to be directing. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to have writing directing. Yeah. yeah. Go on, okay. You will put those together. That's you might <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a B, please, Bob. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's the collaboration, really. It's, um, I think, what's always attracted me to this world, this storytelling world in this form is the connection that you can have with the audience, mm-hmm. you know, what you, can, what you can bring to them to make them feel involved yes. and less alone, mm-hmm. you know, connecting with you as a character first off and, you know, acting first off. And then with this, what you can bring them on a much larger scale, you know, and being that kind of eye in the sky over the whole process as a director is just really, really exciting to me. And I just love problem solving and working on the on the hop. Um yeah. Yeah. Seeing people come together with their own their own artistry and and, you know, serving the same vision is just like when it's working, it's jamming, you know, it's so much fun.
0: Oh yeah. I mean it's got to be such a rewarding experience as well. Frustrating at times, I'm sure, but then once the finished product is out there and you're getting the feedback from people and films become such a part of people's lives as well.
1: Yeah. They
0: really are. So when you've created something like that, especially if you've written and directed it too, that something that you've written and then directed becomes such a part of somebody's life must be quite, you know, quite heartwarming for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's heartwarming. Mm. It's
1: exactly Mm. that. (laughs) I mean, I find so many times with strangers that you can really connect over, over shared experiences of film yeah. you know and um and even just little moments and lines and you know like which is why it delights yeah. me so much with tina got got a thrill from the mice because that's the kind of stuff you just is
0: gold, you know yeah it is like yeah. i don't know her but i already love her <laughs> she would love to hear that and <laughs> when she hears this back well i've, I've we've both always enjoyed watching you on the screen and now it's so good you know that we're seeing stuff like so that you've created and you've put together and edited as well with this one and it's so mm-hmm. good to hear that you've got a lot more going forward so hopefully at some point in the future when you've got some you know some more of these new projects we can talk about that may be great to get you back on the show and i'll i'll drag tina in front of the mic as well and she, you know we can have a chat about your new projects thanks it would be a pleasure well, for the sake of this, we shall say goodbye. I do recommend everybody watches Death Um and Grimfest. Who knows? Hopefully, by next year, Grimfest or the year after, you'll be back again. We can we can meet up in Manchester and uh, have a chat in person. Oh, wouldn't that be glorious? Oh, wouldn't it actually meet people again? Yeah, Yeah, great. Oh well, again, thank you for your time, Pollyanna. And just for the sake of this edit, we shall say goodbye. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you.
1: Thank you, Dave. And you, all the best. Thank you. Bye.
0: And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. As I said at the top of the show, if you're listening to this in time, there's still time to buy a ticket to watch Deathsamba at Grimfest. The link to do that will be in the podcast notes. Also in there, you know what to do now. Where we are, 60mw.co.uk. Everything that we do is on there. News, reviews all of the podcasts and much much more just go to there there'll be links to our social media twitter and instagram both at 60mw podcast if you've enjoyed this there's lots more interview shows on there as well as all the other format shows that we do have a look around i'm sure there'll there'll be a few things on there that you like and until next time thank you for listening and we'll be back again soon